Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's Upswell marketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. Today, we're discussing small-time real estate investing with Money Pro, Chad Carson. Did you see the link that I sent you earlier today? Yeah, some fancy looking cargo bike. Yeah, I came across that and I thought that was the coolest design. It's currently on an Indiegogo. Uh, Some guy in Germany or a company is actually making it. But man, when I see cool bike designs like that, it just gets me super stoked about bike culture. Makes me want to ride my bike, get the girls on the cargo bike, ride around town, hang out with uh, you and the girls, maybe hit up a brewery. You know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're saying. <laughs> and for our listeners that don't know what a cargo bike is, we should explain. A cargo bike is essentially, they make them in different forms and fashions. They're a lot of fun and they can actually cut down on a lot of your car driving because uh, a cargo bike oftentimes has a hard tail on the back that extends off the bike. It's like an extra long bike for, for storage. And so you and I, we can put multiple kids on the back of ours or, right. or we could go to the grocery store and load up on stuff and bring it back. We could even go to Lowe's and bring home some lumber or whatever it is. You can toss that stuff on the cargo bike, strap it down, and it's just super versatile, which is, which is just nice for people, especially if you live 
in town, I would say. Cargo bikes can really minimize your car trips. And and so, yeah, I like this. We'll put a link to this Indiegogo page. Specifically, folks, because I want them to succeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe we should put a link to the cargo bikes that you and I both ride too. I ride an yeah. electric one and you ride a non-electric one. They both just, I feel like, been game changers in our lives. They're super fun to ride around on. I would say that's one of the main reasons, dude, why we have been able to maintain being a one-car family with three kids. Uh, we've got three three girls, and sometimes Kate's off doing something with her friends, <laughs> and that means she has the van. And if I need to get somewhere with the girls, I load them up on the bike. Oh, I just thought of something else. Well, have you been riding recently? I have. It's been bitterly cold, yeah. but I'm trying to do it as much yeah, as possible. It's been super cold. But we've talked about one of the reasons we love biking is because it slows you down, right? Because you're literally going slower than if you were zooming around in your car. And I was riding through the neighborhood. I had your daughter on the back of the bike with my daughter getting ready to take them home. And I saw these two fence sections over at a neighbor's house that have been there. I know I've seen them before, but I was never going that slow because it's up a big hill. (laughs) And it clicked in my mind. Oh my gosh, they're going to throw those brand new fence sections away. Two eight foot long fence sections that you buy at Lowe's or Home Depot. Yeah. And dude, I need a section of fence in our backyard. And had I not been on my bike, slowing down, taking in my environment, I don't think I would have ever put it together that they were going to toss those. And so yeah, I went over there after I dropped the girls off. She'd been meaning to put it up on next door, like one of the websites to get a neighbor to come get it because she didn't want to throw it away. And she was happy to let me have it. And I brought this home. I've got I've got a fence ready to go. There we go, man. Yeah. I love that. You're you have a really good eye for finding stuff on the curb. You you're like the curb alert master. And uh, <laughs> so I, I feel like everyone should kind of keep their eye out. And it is easier on a bike to keep your eye out for stuff on the curb, right? Yeah, man, that's right. Oh man, I wanted to tell you just kind of a funny story about losing my keys the other day. Bummer. So, yeah, so I went to meet a friend at a coffee shop. Didn't get coffee, actually. <laughs> I don't know if that's cheap or frugal. We could debate Ooh, that endlessly. We going to play frugal or cheap? Because I think that's a little bit cheap, dude. It, it might be, but I'd, had two, two, <laughs> I'd already had two cups that morning. So that's kind of why I avoided it. It wasn't necessarily that I was afraid of spending the money. but You should have ordered a glass of hot water. I should have. <laughs> next time. But so I got out of the car and my, my wife had been driving it and she kind of left some trash in there. So I took the trash and I tossed it in the garbage and I went in to meet my friend. And so we hung out for about an hour, had a great conversation. And then I head out to the car. I'm feeling the pocket for my keys. I don't find my keys. Uh-oh. And yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous. And I'd lock the doors. And so I'm looking through the window. Yeah, we live in the city. We lock the doors. Honestly, yeah. I don't normally lock the doors. So what? Yeah, I don't. Well, I do at night, but like not during the day. <laughs> not during the morning when I'm. it's right out there in the packed parking lot. So but heads up, if you're looking for anything that you want of Joel's, yes. you know where to find it. Exactly. <laughs> so... I was like peering through the windows to see if the key was in the ignition or in a place like in the seat or in the center console. I didn't see a key. So I'm like kind of baffled at this point that yeah. why wouldn't it be visible, right? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It's got to be somewhere. So I start looking under the car and then I realized Ding. I threw stuff in the trash. Yeah. Didn't I? So I go back to the trash <laughs> can right outside the front door, look in there, pop it open and the key shining brightly right there on top of everything too fortunately for me man i didn't even have to dig for it it was awesome so key was right there i grabbed it and i was good to go <laughs> but it made me super nervous because you know how much locksmith oh uh, dude how we difficult. talked about that yeah, yeah it can be such a difficult thing right just trying to find find a locksmith for a reasonable price man speaking of you not ordering coffee those baristas are probably like all right first of all this dude comes in Hangs out for an hour, doesn't buy a coffee. Now he's digging through the trash. I know. Gross. <laughs> I, I promise, guys. Next time, I'll totally get a latte. Okay? I will make it happen. Because I don't want to mooch off the system for sure. Yeah, I definitely yeah, yeah. don't want to be that guy. 
So the final part of the story, I went back inside to tell my buddy I found yeah. found the key and I gave it a kiss. And he was like, dude, that was in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. And you know what? I was so happy. I didn't really mind. It was fine. I'm surprised you didn't get sick. <laughs> yeah, lucky me, right? So, uh, so that was kind of funny. Uh, you want to introduce our beer today? Sure. So yeah, today on the show, we're going to be drinking Cascade Brewing Primordial Noir, which oh. is kind of a baller name. Uh, a bourbon barrel aged imperial red ale with cherries and spices. And a listener, Alex, from Oregon, sent this our way. So huge thanks to Alex for sending this beer on the show. And by the way, it's been a while since we've heard this sound, Matt. Yeah, fancy beer alert. (laughs) I am extremely stoked because Cascade is one of my favorite breweries. They make some amazing sours. And specifically, I am in love with their blueberry sour beer. That's and the Sang Noir. This is, I guess, another one of those uh, in that line. Oh, smells so good. I can't wait. All right, Joel, I see you taking that sip. I'm going to take this picture like I do every week. Yeah, I just dove in and had a sip. And Matt, this is delicious. And the word I'm going to use to describe the beer this week is bursting. Dang it, dude. Next time, I'm going to go first because that <laughs> that one word is probably... That was pretty close to what I was going to say. Um, and so I will go with acidic. You know what I love to do? Steal your thunder. Yeah, thanks, dog. One of my, one of my favorite things to do in life. <laughs> All right, Matt, we'll talk more about this beer at the end of the show, but for now, let's get into the subject at hand. We're talking about small-time real estate investing, and we brought on our friend, Coach Chad Carson, to be the money pro today to talk about this subject. And I think it's only appropriate that when you and I finally met Chad in person, it was at a brewery. (laughs) Yes, exactly, right? That was our first hang. We literally drove up to a hotel, and we said, get in the car. We're going to go get beer. We're going to get beers. And that was the first hang we had. That's very true. And But honestly, that's the way a lot of people meet us for the first time. It's kind of funny, too, because he is a former football player, and he barely fit in the back of your Mazda 5. But Chad, he's a former Clemson University football player. Man, he was a starting linebacker. So he didn't just sort of play. He legit played, and he was the defensive captain there. He graduated college in 2003 with only $1,000 in the bank. And then he spent the next year scouting properties for other investors. He, you know, he was doing the legwork, doing the research, starting on the ground floor, as it were. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And then through that, he was able to save up enough cash to buy his very own first property. And his first place was a quadplex. So it had four units in it. And he rented three of those units out for $400 each, making $1,200 total. And his mortgage was 1100 bucks which means he was living for free. And not only that, he was making 100 bucks every single month. And that was right out of school. I love that, man. Yeah, getting paid to live. That's where it's at, right? So Chad has a lot to teach us about real estate. He has purchased over 100 properties through the years. And at this point in his life, he's trying to deleverage and take on a little bit less. And so he is an expert on going big with real estate and then desiring something smaller. So I think he's got a lot to teach us here. And I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, he does own a bunch of properties. And so that's what's kind of interesting is like he's focusing on the fact that you can simplify and still achieve the goals that you want to achieve. It doesn't mean that you, you've got to go big. Uh, instead, you can focus not just on getting bigger and growing your business or growing your portfolio, but focusing instead on your goals. And that's a lot of what he's going to be talking about today is focusing on your goals. Yeah. And Chad actually wrote the book on this too, right? So he's yeah, got, yeah an actual book. <laughs> right. So he's got a book called Retire Early with Real Estate. And I've read it and it's a really, really thorough book. It's yeah. so good. And fantastic on, book. honestly, for anyone just wanting to get into real estate investing, this is a fantastic read. If you just kind of want to know more and, and you want to plumb the depths of what real estate investing is, 
this one book honestly will teach you everything you need to know. For me, uh, I learned some new things as a real estate investor reading Chad's book. And I identified with a lot of things at the same time. And also in this book, Matt, he profiles like two dozen people that have retired early through real estate. And that's just kind of nice to see all these examples too of how people have done it, the different yeah. ways that they've done it. And so it's an, it's an awesome book. Chad also has a new podcast, uh, which is really good at the same time. So. <laughs> he is crushing it. Yeah. What I love about his book too is that he, the way he talks and the way he explains things, it's just chill. Like he is able to do it in such a way that it connects with you on a real life level. And that's what we love. I mean, that's what we try to do with our personal finances. And T Chad does that with real estate. He's able to connect on a level that just feels familiar and that feels comfortable. I honestly think that he himself will be responsible for turning so many people into real estate investors who would not have done so uh, had it not been for him. And honestly, he's going to be responsible for turning people into thoughtful real estate yeah, investors. exactly. Because there are so many people pitching something, asking you to come to a ballroom to learn a scheme or a way of investing in real estate. No money of your own, right? No, no money down. And Chad's not about that. He's talking about a realistic way to invest, which you and I talk about on the show, which is to save your money and then make a substantial down payment to know your location. All these things that we have talked about on different episodes of real estate investing, Chad believes those very same things. And honestly, one of the reasons we brought Chad on is because we have such a similar philosophy and we love the way he approaches things. And the way he talks about real estate investing just completely resonates with our experience and with our philosophy. And check out his website as well, coachcarson.com. He has a fantastic online course that he offers through his site and uh, personal one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah, Matt. And ultimately, my favorite thing about what we're going to tackle in this episode is the fact that you don't have to go big. You don't have to build this massive real estate empire. And I think sometimes that's the way people think about real estate investing. Well, what's the point in just having a couple properties? And Chad says, you know what? No, you can make serious money by having just a few properties. You can retire early even with just a few properties and doing it the right way. So we're going to bring Chad on the show right after the break, and he's going to give us five awesome minutes talking about why small-time real estate investing is actually the way to go. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, 
You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Joel, let's do this, man. We're going to hear from Chad, and right after that, we're going to break it all down. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Have you ever heard that expression, go big or go home? Sort of that macho expression you hear sometimes in sports when I played football and it, I hear it a lot in the real estate investing space too. And it's kind of like, you know, you haven't arrived until you've made, you know, hundreds of real estate deals or until you have like $10 million saved up and have a huge net worth and you have an army of like employees or, you know, operations and you've syndicated a bunch of real estate deals and used all these fancy words and fancy titles. You haven't arrived and you can't kick back and enjoy life and, go live on your yacht <laughs> until you actually have gone big and made it. Obviously, you can tell this, this sort of bothers me a little bit. And I'll tell you why, because when I was researching for my book, when I was looking back over my own experiences with real estate investing and using it to build wealth and retire early, you know, just getting to know people who actually had flexibility and had time was a really big contrast because the people I knew had very small but very effective portfolios. And some of the people I knew who had hundreds and hundreds of properties who were so-called successful people like had no time. They, they couldn't go on the same trips and have the same flexibility and do the same kinds of things in life that everybody talks about is so amazing. And so, you know, I wanted you guys to rip on it a little bit, but I wanted to give some numbers just to make this idea a little more concrete. So let's say a couple 
decides they want to retire early and they want to use real estate or even if they don't want to retire early, they just want to have some flexibility, you know, about 10, 15 years from now to do different things in life. And so they buy one rental property per year. And let's say this is in a decent neighborhood. It could be a single family house, could be a duplex, but it's in a, in a location that they're very comfortable managing themselves if they need to. And let's say just to put some numbers on this, let's say the property has a gross rent or a total rent of $1,400 per month. And that when you pay all of your operating expenses, so like these are all your expenses except for the mortgage, which I'm going to talk about why that's the case in a second, but you, you pay your taxes, your insurance, your maintenance, your capital expense reserves, perhaps some management to help you manage the property, that when it's all left over after all those expenses, you have about $800 per month left over before paying your mortgage. So about $600 in expenses. And I'm thinking of some particular properties that I own that have those exact numbers. So this is a realistic thing to do. And so they buy those properties, one property per year for five years. And after five years, though, they decide to take all of their cash flow from those rentals, every bit of money they can save up on their own, and they start attacking the mortgages and paying them off and doing like a debt snowball or a debt tsunami, whatever people call that, different, different names for that. But their, their objective is to get those things paid off as quickly as they can. And so let's say that takes them another 10 years after those first five years. So they have a total about 15 years, they were acquiring properties for five, they're paying them off and managing them for the last 10 years. And 15 years later, which is a kind of amazing timeline when you think about it to get to a really cool place in 15 years, people don't normally talk about that. That seems like a really fast in the retirement years. They have five properties paid off free and clear. And think about what they've done. You know, if my math is right, you guys double check me, you know, $800 per month on each property is about 9,600 per year. And roughly, if you say five times 9,600 is about $48,000 per year. And let's just use 50,000 bucks. That's a nice round number. Maybe it's appreciated a little bit. This couple now has $50,000 per year for the rest of their lives and maybe more if they keep going up in value over time. But look at what else they've done. Instead of having this big, huge monster of a business that, that takes over their lives, they have something that you guys probably know just like me. Managing five properties can be a very, very part-time job. My wife and I and our two kids went to Ecuador with many more properties than that, but you know, having some flexibility and time. And we spent 17 months living abroad with rental properties. And so having five rental properties can give you an enormous amount of flexibility, time, to start thinking about, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up? What do I want to do with the rest of my life? If you're 45 or you're 50 years old, like you have all sorts of things you can do. And that's really the kind of the point of what I wanted to talk to you guys about with this is that, you know, real estate's the vehicle. The money is the vehicle. You know, what is it that people want to do with the rest of their life? What matters to them? And my contention is that a nice, small, simple portfolio that pays you the money, whatever it is, whether it's 50,000, 100,000, whatever the number is, that accomplishes your goals, that keeps things simple and lets you do the other things in your life that matter to you. So I want you guys to rip on that. Let me know what you think. Am I off base on that? Should I not be bothered by the go big or go home? And can we get a t-shirt that says go small or go home and start wearing that around? Thanks guys. Talk to you later. Yeah. I love that, man. The million dollar t-shirt idea. Go small or go home. You love wearing t-shirts, Joel. So I know you'd be into that. Yeah. If he prints them, I'll wear it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Chad brought that up, right? The go big or go home saying, right? That where you haven't arrived until you've made right tons of deals, millions in savings. You've got like the fancy syndication real estate deals. 
that is the mindset, right? That keeps everyday people from investing in real estate. And that's, I guess, what I was talking about earlier. He's on a mission to destroy that notion. Because when that notion persists, that's when real estate investing seems like it's unattainable. Because you hear people talking about how, oh, I'm into real estate. Or you hear somebody say, oh, my father, he, he made all of his money in real estate. <laughs> like it's a super bougie, like fancy life. You sit back in like this fancy leather chair at this enormous walnut desk yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You've got the six balls hanging by the, the wires that bounce back and forth. <laughs> like, you know, like that whole thing. Potentially like, <laughs> feet kicked up on the desk, smoking a cigar, wearing a fancy suit. Yeah. Making phone calls. I agree. I think Chad's philosophy actually makes real estate investing feel more attainable, feel more realistic, feel uh, like it's less shrouded in secrecy. And I think if we kind of take Chad's advice and we decide to simplify the way that we invest in real estate by having a goal of only owning and operating a few properties between five and 10, 10 at most. I mean, ultimately, that's something that feels possible for a lot of people out there. And I think what's interesting too about what Chad said is that that go big or go home philosophy actually ends up preventing people from achieving the goals that they initially had. And so when we think about the episode that we did with Scott, the first Money Pro episode we ever did, creating your mission statement, well, if we decide to take the big go big or go home strategy, it might be part of our mission statement to go big and to be the biggest real estate investor of all time, right? That might be it. Yeah, but if that's your goal, then that's a part of what you're going to be doing. Right. But there are so many people that say, I'd like to dabble in real estate. I'd like to kind of figure it out and get a couple of properties under my belt and become a, a mom and pop kind of landlord. But maybe that's not good enough. Maybe that doesn't cut it. And they strive for more and more and more. And ultimately, what they do is they end up creating a goal that doesn't align with their values. And they pursue something so hard at the expense of what really matters. And Chad's motto when it comes to this is invest in real estate, retire early, do what matters. Man, that's so simple. That's so easy to follow. And it's so helpful for anybody who's thinking about investing in real estate. It's not about being the biggest real estate investor in your area or owning 20 or more properties. You know what? Go small. And then you can focus on what matters most to you. And like Chad said, he isn't about going big just for the sake of going big because the people that he knew uh, who had time, the flexibility, they're the ones who had the small, and I love that he said this, but effective portfolios, right? Not the investors with thousands of properties. And a big reason for that is that smaller portfolios are just easier to manage and, and you can buy better properties, uh, but having fewer of them, that can make your life so much easier, give you a lot more flexibility. It's kind of like more money, more problems, more real estate, more problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> and more keys that you have to keep up with. And you're not very good at that. So that's true. <laughs> so true, buddy. As we know, I'm bad with keeping up with keys. So I wanted to kind of give an example from my life. This is kind of the way I've thought about it. My goal for a while was to buy a home every two years. And the way I would approach it was moving into the next home and renting out my previous home. And that made it easier for me to buy a new home for a couple of reasons. One, I could put down less of a down payment. 20% down payment on a primary home usually gets you the best possible rates with a mortgage lender. Whereas if you're buying an investment property, you're going to pay higher rates and they usually want 25% down. So for me, the goal is to move into a new house every two years and then rent out the previous property. And that's worked out really well for me uh, through the years. And so what I would do was every time I'd buy a new property, I would bank the savings to save up for the next down payment for the next property. And at this point, I'm working with five doors that I manage, which is three single family homes and a duplex. And you know what? I'm taking the Chad Carson strategy and I am so happy just to sit where I'm at for the time being. And you know what? That's not to say I'll never buy another rental property, but I'm really happy to have a small portfolio. And I think it actually, for me, it's easier and it's better 
And I just want to like use that as an encouragement to people. Granted, not everyone's going to be able to do it every two years. Maybe your goal is every four or five, right? And if you set that goal to buy a home every four or five years and to expand your portfolio slowly like that, that's okay too. But for me, that two-year span felt doable in my market. But ultimately, knowing my limits and knowing my goals means I don't have to be constantly looking at real estate. And I can actually kind of turn it off uh, now that I feel like I'm at where I want to be when it comes to having this, this small portfolio of, like Chad said, effective properties. Yeah, I don't know what it says about me, but I've never wanted to have like a bunch of properties. <laughs> like I've got a few... Right, we've got a few rentals. I've always known it's a great way, uh, specifically for us, to bring in alternate sources of income. With our income being very, you know, up and down throughout the year, but yeah, man. Beyond that, I don't know if that just says I'm not very ambitious or if I'm just super chill. Part of me doesn't really connect at all with the mindset of, oh, I got to get more and more. You know, I've got to get all these properties, and there are a lot of advantages that come with scale. I uh, don't want to discount that at all, but. Yeah, I'm with you, man. At this point in my life, I'm, I'm quite content with what we've got going on right now. And instead, really focusing in on what are our goals. And that's something that, yeah, we've, we've tackled previously. You mentioned Scott's episodes a few weeks ago. But I'm so glad we did that one first. We didn't really plan on it from like a philosophical standpoint, but starting with the mission statement and then from there, progressing on with these additional episodes. It's so key because when you know uh, your mission, when you know what it is that you're doing and why it is that you're seeking after that, it just informs so much and tasks that may have seen sort of like the grind or things that where you felt like you just had to do it are put in a completely different light. And man, that makes all the difference in the world for me. Yeah, Matt. And I think that Chad's strategy likens itself to the story of the tortoise and the hare and going the route of the tortoise, slow but sure, you win the race, right? And being the hare, going as quickly as possible, there's so many potential obstacles going that direction that could mess you up. And so you know what? I want to be the tortoise in that scenario. Yeah, you got to be flashy. <laughs> and so now let's let's talk about the numbers, right? That, that he gave, the example. He talks about the couple that buys a rental property uh, every year for five years and how they each bring in about $1,400 in rents every month with about 600 in expenses each. And that's not counting the mortgage. And really, honestly, the mortgage payment doesn't matter because what he's focusing in on there is that there are $600 of expenses, regardless if the house is paid off or not. He said that that couple then starts paying off those mortgages as quickly as possible, which takes another 10 years. So 15 years total. And so 15 years later, they've got five properties paid off free and clear and are now pocketing about $50,000 every year. I love that. Like it's an oversimplification of everything at all associated or related to real estate. And he would admit <laughs> the same thing, right? He would yeah. say it's, it's not quite that simple, but it's a good example to look to. And it does help us identify the fact that that is possible in a lot of markets for a lot of people. I, granted, if you live in San Francisco or if you live in Brooklyn, New York, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to buy it's one. a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but there are ways that you can take this strategy and kind of mold it to where you live. Chad lives in South Carolina. Uh, and so it's uh, a little bit easier there. Matt and I, we live in Atlanta and it's gotten a heck of a lot harder. Yeah, a little uh, bit tougher. But it, it depends. And at the same time, you also don't have to invest exactly where you live, right? So there are ways to invest in other parts of the country where you feel like this could work well for you. Yeah, that's right, man. And what I wanted to point out too is that, so he mentions this as an example, and it seems like such a no-brainer. Like you see it on paper and you think, oh, I could totally do that. Or why doesn't everybody do this? Certainly, it's not that easy. The fact is, it's that simple on paper, right? Mm. And what's different between it being simple on paper versus you know you living it out in real life is that in real life, 
15 years is a long time. <laughs> and he points out, he mentions how like, oh yeah, in 15 years, in the context of retirement, that's no time at all. And it's not when you're looking at the long arc of saving for retirement, right? But 15 years is still a very long time, especially if in your 20s, you think, man, I've only been alive for 15 plus five. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's a long time. And that's what's so hard about this is keeping that in mind and not losing sight of what your goals are, right? It's easy to say, that's, this is what we're going to do for the next 10 years. Like we've worked crazy hard. We've saved up the down payments. Next 10 years, we're going to knock this thing out. But that means for the next 10 years, not only have you saved five years like crazy saving up $30,000, I guess, every, every two years for a down payment or more, but you're now spending the next 10 years paying that off. And also during that 10 years, you're working really hard. You're probably saying no to nicer vacations or to like a Tesla because, man, it'd be really nice to have a Tesla, but I'm just going to have to say no to that right now because we're focused on paying off these houses. That's what makes it so hard is actually living it out and reminding yourself of that every single day. Yeah. I think what's key, Matt, you said it's simple and it is simple, but it's not easy. Exactly. And so, so many of the best financial concepts are exactly that. They're simple, but they're not easy. To actually implement them into your life takes some fortitude, takes the ability to say no to things today so you can save and invest for tomorrow, for the future. And this is a simple strategy. It's something that's easy to track with and you don't have to, I love what Chad said, you don't have to know all the crazy terminology that most real estate investors throw around. And you and I, we're, we're all about that. We're not syndicating deals and we're not buying you know, massive apartment complexes. And you know what? We're just fine with that. We are more than happy to keep it simple. And it's not easy, right? It's not easy to buy a property every two years, but it is a simple formula. And I love that simplicity. That's what we strive for in our lives to keep it simple. And the more complex an investment is, usually the more questions you have to ask uh, about the person that's selling it to you at the same time. And Matt, I have a question for you. Uh, Chad referred to this as being a manageable part-time job. And you've got a few properties. I've got a few. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Is that accurate in your experience? Yeah, man, 100%. I don't have five properties, but I've almost got five. And it's not even close to a part-time job. Like what's a part-time job considered? Like 15, 20 hours a week? Yeah. No, I, I spend maybe two hours a week tops. And certainly that's averaged out because during seasons when you're going to be showing the property and you got to get it ready for a listing because you know, you've know you had a tenant in there for three years, it's you're going to spend more time on it. But don't forget those three years of that tenant being in there, not having moved and they've paid on time and you just don't have to worry about them. You've got that house automated and it's being taken care of. It, it truly is less than a part-time job to manage this many properties. And and again, you and I, like we don't have management. This is something that we're doing ourselves where we're the ones making the calls. We're the one making sure rent's getting paid. And and this is a good thing. <laughs> I think a lot of times people would might hear this and they think, well, shoot, what am I going to do with the rest of my time? I need to occupy myself. Well, that's what we're going to talk about after the break. Chad talks about how when you have this additional time, you can start really thinking about what you want to do when you grow up. You know, he's kind of joking around, but I love that connotation because it's sort of like what we've done up until now is just sort of just kind of messing around. You know, you've got to earn some money. You know, you got to have a job. But now, like, let's dig deep. You kind of, you were talking about real estate earlier about plumbing the depths of real estate. It made me think about like going to a counselor and thinking about my soul and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, that's what you get to do once you're able to achieve a stable financial footing because then you can truly think about what it is that you want to spend the rest of your life doing. I love that, Matt. Let's get to the main takeaways for this episode after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. 
Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Joel, time for that main takeaway. Hit it. Yeah, Matt, I think what Chad is aiming for in this episode, like with his five minutes, is to tell us to focus on the things that actually matter in life and focus less on building an enormous business. Because most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, if we take the time to think about what matters to us, what we actually want to spend our time doing, it's not that we don't want to work at all, but it, that it's that we would like to work a little bit less and spend more time uh, with the hobbies that we enjoy, with the people that matter. Chad gave the example too of this mini retirement that he took to Ecuador with his family. 17 months, he was able to leave this country still taking care of those rental properties from afar, but he was able to go cut his cost by living in a cheaper place and at the same time, spend a heck of a lot more time with his family, which was incredibly fulfilling on all accounts from from every story he's told about being in Ecuador with his family. It sounds like it was an awesome time for him. And most people can't dream of doing that, but this is a strategy to kind of help you get there. Ecuador, right? Yeah, like that was his goal for him to take his girls there and to immerse them into the Latin American culture for them to learn Spanish. Is, is it his wife that's a Spanish teacher? Yeah, I think so. And I just think that's amazing that he was able to identify that as one of his goals and, and they did it. And that's the kind of thing that his family, his kids, his wife, they're going to share stories about that for the rest of their lives. That's kind of one of those like anchor moments, right? The anchor periods of time for his kids to to experience a different culture and to be immersed in a different language. And that's something that seriously, they will never stop talking about. And for those of us who are focused on just building the biggest business possible, we're totally missing out on stuff like that. One of the things I love that Chad mentioned is that real estate is the vehicle that can get you to your goals, you know, whatever they happen to be. Again, for them, it was Ecuador. Dude, I love that, right? Money is just a vehicle. Real estate is just a vehicle to get you to where you want to go. It's a means to an end. It's not the end itself. And I think that's one of the ways that these folks with these massive real estate portfolios, maybe they've lost sight of what their actual end game is. They don't have that end game in mind. And because of that, they think, oh, well, it used to make me happy when I would get another property. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to keep growing this empire. And instead, what they're doing is that they're on this treadmill and they're just going because they've, they're going <laughs> and they don't know when to stop and they're just going to keep doing what they've done. And so, yeah, I think keeping that in mind, that real estate, it's the vehicle that gets you where you want to go. It's not the actual destination. Yeah, Matt. And I think that Chad also gives us the ability to see that real estate can provide us what we call passive income. But at the same time, passive income doesn't mean that we don't have to work, right? So there is an idea that it is a part-time job. Like you said, you work a couple hours a week. There are some weeks that are more involved than others if you've got like a tenant turnover. So be prepared for that. Just know that it's not as simple as stock investing like we've talked about before. There are more things to consider. But all that being said, it's so much less involved than a part-time job. And it, it does allow you the flexibility that you're ultimately looking for oftentimes by truly focusing on what actually matters. And so Matt, at the beginning of the show, we talked about how Chad has a podcast and there was an example that he gave in a recent show. Ooh, tell me, I haven't heard it. He gave an example of three couples that decided to take a vacation together and they all had different amounts of rental properties. And when it came time for their vacation end, one of the couples said, hey, you know what? This is a lot of fun. Let's keep going. Let's extend this for another couple of weeks. And he talked about just kind of different scenarios in which a couple could or couldn't do it. And I think he's completely spot on that if your goal is flexibility, that you can have maybe even a little bit less income, uh, but you could still potentially afford to extend that vacation. But you know what? The more massive your real estate complex is, it's unlikely that you'll be able to 
get away from it for very long. And so just know that the bigger it is, the more attached at the hip to it you're going to be. All right, man, let's get back to this beer. I'm going to go first. My word was acidic. And that's because this beer was so intense. Uh, I mean, just from cracking it open and, and pouring it, I could smell the, the acidity. I could smell the flavor, the aggressiveness kind of wafting over the table. And you said bursting. As soon as you said bursting, the second word I thought of was gushers, like the gushers candy. You know what I'm talking about? This totally... Yeah, boy. I mean, yeah, completely yeah. resonates gushers. with me. It has that gusher bursting mouthfeel yeah. sort of thing going on. Yeah, but I mean, and so it's got cherries in it, but it's aged in bourbon barrels and wine barrels. And so it gives it this very dark fruit flavor. But the acidity, oh. man, it brings it alive. Like it, it adds so much zip to it. And that makes this beer one of the best I've had in the past 12 months. I might, even, I might even be calling this beer right now my favorite beer of 2019. Wow. Yeah. I love it that much. This is this, For me, this is a five-star on Untapped. Mic drop. <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> All right. That's amazing. Yeah. This is completely up my alley. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest. This was a fantastic beer, and it had this gusher-like quality, and it's got cherries in the beer and amazing tartness. For me, fruited sour beers are pretty much my favorites, and this was no disappointment at all. Huge thanks to Alex from Oregon for sending this one out. It was delicious, bursting with flavor, yep. truly. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. All right, Matt, let's move on to our final thoughts. Final thoughts. And ultimately, Chad's philosophy resonates with me in a major way because what I want to do is live simply and focus on the things that truly matter. And building an enormous real estate portfolio just doesn't align with that. But building a really small and effective one actually affords me more opportunity to do the things that I enjoy, spend time with the people that I want to. So I just want to encourage anybody out there who's thought about investing in real estate, who maybe has one property. You know what? This is a really good philosophy to go on because it's something that almost anybody can accomplish. And it's just a simple method to follow. And there is so much to be said in this world of complexity for a simple method. And so, yeah, I love it for all those reasons. Yeah, Joel. And this makes me think of our episode, an old episode, episode 12, where we talked about the why behind money. Identify what your goals are. And Chad's saying how real estate can get you there. It's the vehicle that can get you to whatever your goals are. It allows you to design the life that you want to live. And so don't be intimidated by the sort of mindset of having to amass this massive portfolio of a ton of properties. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. And even simple guys like uh, myself and Joel have used real estate to help get us to where we want to be financially. Yeah. And HGTV might be fun entertainment, but you know what? It doesn't give you principles to invest in real estate <laughs> by. And I thought Chad did a great job of breaking it down for us on today's episode. All right. So thanks everyone so much for listening. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. You can find all of our prior episodes there too. If you're kind of new to the show and you're interested in learning more, we've got a whole backlog of shows, some about real estate and some about other stuff like cutting your grocery bill and saving on your cell phone. So check those out. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, we would love to hear from you. You could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we've been doing this new show now for a few weeks, the Money Pro episode. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts on you know, our guests, the format in general. We're always looking to improve. So let us know how we're doing and leave us a review. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Uh 
of small marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.